Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we, Joseph, is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle of control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom, here we go. Uh, Welcome to Blockchain and Booze number 91. So we've been going for 91 weeks straight. I was just joking about it in the chat. Um, because somebody said, I guess nobody takes time off for the holidays, technology, whatever. If it fell on Christmas, we'd probably take the day off. But, you know, it's uh, uh, a lot of people are still online. So uh, uh, well, I don't know. What I that. think it's funny. I think it's funny. I, I, I live in the country where, where Jesus was born and raised and spent his whole life. But we don't have Christmas break. I feel cheated here. I really kind well, of feel I cheated here. That, that, is a funny, that is a funny thing. And we can, maybe this is a funny, like, hol, you know, thinking about the holidays edition too. I, oh, I was going to wear my Christmas sweater with my Jingle Bells Batman smells. That's my favorite one. But um, I, I have a Santa yarmulke. I was like, raised I by it. Israelis. I was raised by Israelis, but now I celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah in my house. But what's interesting to me is that like Hanukkah wasn't ever a, like a huge deal amongst Israelis, but my American Jewish friends, Hanukkah was a huge deal because I think because it falls at the time of Christmas, right? So do people get time off for Hanukkah at work or that's not one of the holidays you get time off even, do you? I'm still trying to search for the definition of what time off means. Like forget <laughs> what the hol- what holiday it's supposed to be for, but- um, If you work yeah. at a bank. I, I don't think they get off for, they don't get off for Christmas. I don't, I don't believe so. In Israel? But, no, but I mean, for Hanukkah, do they get off? Uh, oh, uh, some days, some days. I mean, a lot of the holidays oh, go by days. how your kids are. So if your kids have off from school, a lot of times you'll get off. Gotcha. Gotcha. I see. So anyway, guys, I wanted to say Blockchain Booze number 91. Thank you so much to our partners, Lunar Crush, for streaming this live. Um, and to, of course, Blockchain Radio for uh, also streaming this. Um, we've got Alex Davis on. I didn't get to, uh, uh, you know, introduce you yet from from Tezos Israel and also Maverick Finance. Uh, Alex, welcome to Blockchain and Booze. Cheers. You're in Israel. It's three in the morning right now. So, dang. Cheers. Cheers. 
I uh, I love your little. Oh, that's actually the first sip of that bottle. It's a new bottle, so I'm I'm quite. Uh, what do you think? Tell everyone about it. What is it? I like it. It you know I'm a really big fan of bourbon, so Jack Daniels is just a really great solid go-to. Uh, but it's essentially a a special maple. I've never seen it before, at least here. But it's a special maple edition um cask bottle i got it in duty free but it, it, it looked yummy and it is uh for bourbon so i'm happy with it nice. but I, I love your little boom intro because it actually reminds me of doug demuro if you watch him for car reviews wait doug demuro no Rick he does all DeMuro? the doug demuro does all these like youtube car reviews and he does like the quirks and features so it's very unique because everyone's like ah this has got 700 horsepower that one's got 750 and like you'll you know you'll look like you're packing more under the hood if you're driving this car no so he does all the like the little like this switch actually raises the window only two-thirds if you touch it with five pounds of pressure so he does all these like weird quirks and features but he's got this thing where every episode he goes this is a brand new blah 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 and then so now there's just videos of him going this 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 <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of your like boom well, intro and the, i love it the funny thing was was that 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 intro is way crazy too long, right? Like it's like, you know, purposely a little bit long because we wanted enough time for the guests to like retweet, for people to pile into the live chats and some things like that, right? But it is way too long. As My internet just went out. Hey, can you I, I hear me? you. Hello? Yo. Hello? Hello? Yo, are you there? Yeah. All right, let's see if uh, if I'm, the live stream is still going. I hope it didn't cut out. I'm looking I see, at I see Remo chicken. right now. I went robot, they said. Uh, mm. Back? Ah, oh, it says we're back. Dude, Perfect. tell me about it. I'm telling you guys, I, I just bought a new router. I'm installing it tomorrow, but I have the highest internet connection I could pay for. And you know what I use, what I end up using every time? It cuts out like it just did. I'm on my, uh, I'm on my hotspot right now on my phone because that somehow works better. It's freaking ridiculous. But um, I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, Marvin says we're still live. Thank you, Marvin. Um, hey, and, Marvin, uh, thanks for the info. If, by the way, I didn't mention at the beginning, uh, there's a good reminder. If you are watching live and not listening uh, after the fact on blockchain radio or watching on YouTube, go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. There's a, a, a bunch of people who watch live. They're in the chat right now. They're making fun of me for my internet connection going out. They've all become my friends and family uh, over these 91 weeks of blockchain booze. Come join us back there. You'll also have a chance to ask questions in the Q&A. Ask uh, um, Alex some questions, and we can we can have some uh, some fun, and you can you can join us. So, anyway, um, Alex, uh, dive in dive in right into stuff. I'd love for you to tell us. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'd love for you to tell us. Uh, about Maverick and what you guys are building. I know you recently announced that you're launching Maverick Finance. Before that, you were Tezos Israel. What, what is that? And, and then I, I'll also 
pre going into all of it, I'm going to ask you some Tesla's questions. But first, what's Maverick Finance? All right. So um, I'm glad it's a two hour long. Uh, we have, we're going to do an number. hour, but then you can hang Good. with the crew for an hour. So don't make the answers, you know, two hours long. We want to also leave room for questions and stuff. I, I love it. I love it. So uh, Maverick Finance is essentially uh, the, the, the birth child uh, of I, a while ago. I saw a problem in the a lack, I should say, in the Tezos DeFi ecosystem. And so there are all these um, DeFi platforms and protocols on Ethereum, uh, which eventually got migrated over, copy pasted into BSC and Tron. Um, and we wanted to create something that was different and more unique. And so we wanted to take uh, a lot of the elements of what made DeFi good across different platforms and what, um, <clears throat> and what their, well, I've got this in Hebrew in my mind, chisronot. They're, um, the, they're, the cons. Exactly. Con. Like what they were missing, what they, what was holding them back. And so, um, we, we kind of essentially put together something that was, that was really interesting. Maverick is essentially for the Americans and perhaps the Europeans out there. Maverick is essentially a, a co-op, if you think about it that way, which is essentially a DAO, but it's a co-op that we think will function tremendously better than uh, the way we found DeFi to actually work on governance. So Maverick is a DAO, a DeFi-based banking cooperative, uh, where if you think about it, it is, a, it is a bank that is run by its community of users together um, to facilitate and, and also incentivize them to facilitate the fa a more fair form of capitalism. And the way that we've kind of integrated that together is we've taken, you know, uh, in terms of governance, everybody wants to own a governance token. No one actually votes. So if you want to have an upgrade proposal for a DAO, especially a co-op, you actually have to uh, have people that show up and vote and not just vote, but know what they're talking about. So, you know, MakerDAO had a lot of problems uh, structuring their uh, their governance in a way. You know, people didn't show up for MakerDAO votes and they couldn't pass proposals. And that was a problem. Wonderful. We, we gave everybody the ability to vote, but no one does. I mean, even Winston Churchill said that the greatest argument against democracy is a five minute discussion with the average voter. So they even had the problems with the average voter showing up. So we kind of took Tezos's governance model, delegated, you know, uh, proof of stake. But, you know, specifically the, the stakeholders delegating to nodes in Tezos, they're called bakers. On, on Maverick, we call them satellites. And so it functions kind of like the U.S. government. And so, well, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> it will function much better than the U.S. government when we come out, because it, as long as we just function, it is better than the U.S. government. But uh, it its structure is similar in a sense, where the stakeholder or citizen votes for their representative, a congressman. The congressman goes to Congress and votes on the citizen's behalf. At no so time does the like Congress. The, de the delegated stuff, like when you, exactly. for example, if, if you got your ENS tokens, if you had a .eth domain name, you received your tokens, part of receiving them, they actually asked you to delegate it to somebody um, if you wanted to. But you could also vote yourself or be a delegate yourself, right? So uh, our stakeholders can't vote themselves unless they actually run a node, um, which is, yeah. is, is not as difficult as... As, as much most infrastructure for other DeFi for other you know let's say infrastructure platforms, but uh, a stakeholder can delegate their voting power to a node, and the node does two things: the satellites, just like Baker's on Tezos, 
uh, do two things. Bakers vote on governance updates for the core protocol of the layer one blockchain, and they validate transactions just similar to how a miner would validate transactions on Bitcoin. On, on, uh, on Maverick, we do something differently. We, the, the nodes still valid, I'm sorry, the nodes still vote on governance updates, the business logic behind the banking ecosystem. What collateral types do we use? How do we raise or lower interest rates? How do we disperse funds? The entire treasury is on chain. So it's completely yeah. transparent. But instead of validating transactions as it's a DeFi platform and not a layer one, um, the nodes sign the price feeds for a decentralized Oracle. So you kind of have this Tezos governance model mixed with chain link decentralized oracles. And that creates this, you know, uh, representation where stakeholders can vote if they want to, they can run a node if they want to, they can just sit back and delegate if they want to. And we have an inbuilt uh, decentralized oracle, which is something that uh, is truly missing in the Tezos ecosystem, especially one that the community can run themselves. So uh, I love that. So that, that's the, the governance model. Can you just really quickly a little more about what, what Maverick will do from a product perspective? I know, I, I think you did touch on it uh, with, with banking and stuff like that, but let's say day one you launch, what's, what's, uh, what products are gonna be available? So our first product outside of you know, the core governance is, um, is going to be an algorithmic stablecoin. It's uh, quite similar to, to MakerDAO and DAI. Um, it is, you know, in a, in a system right now, we're waiting for USDC to launch on Tezos until that does, um, you know, we need to launch a, a way for people to utilize the assets that they have on Tezos. And so that's going to be our first product. Then we're going to be rolling out peer to peer lending. Uh, we're also in discussions with a few, uh, banking partners for actually issu issuing a Maverick debit card so that this is actually, this is not in the light paper. This is not in the deck. So the only way. The only way you're hearing this about Maverick is if you've invested in the company, well, if you've invested in the protocol or uh, you heard it right here. So just a little snippet of, uh, of information, but yeah, we're all, we are talking about, um, this is interestingly enough, the easiest part of everything we're building, um, a Maverick debit card where you can take your, your algorithmic stablecoin loan or Tezos or Bitcoin and then go swipe it in a shop. So, you know, most people who take loans in, in crypto go leverage it and go buy other crypto. Um, but we actually want to create a banking ecosystem and platform. So if you want to go buy Starbucks, uh, you could. If you want to go buy, you know, if Tezos or Bitcoin, you know, moons, you can go and uh, and go buy yourself a new Apple computer. So uh, how, actually, before, before I dive into this, I think this is really super exciting. Just my own personal thoughts, because... I think that one of the things that Tezos is lacking, and I'm obviously a huge, huge fan of Tezos. You guys have, we've done a, a bunch of Tezos sessions on here um, and we will do a lot more. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I, I think one of the most important and exciting things for me is, is legit projects launching on Tezos, right? Like there can't just be plenty or Crunchy or or Tezfin or Maverick, there needs to be all of them, in my opinion, to launch. I actually think it's way less important that Circle launches USDC on Tez than it is that Tezfin launches and you launch, um, and and that more products like that launch. Right? It, you know, I think people trust USDC. There's something about that that's important, but I, I think the products being live 
are more important. And that's what's going to cause more people to come to Tezos. Like, to me, I understand all of the arguments as to why people are building on Tezos, why they think the technology is better. But there needs to be that bit of the greed factor and more products for people to move around their money in on on chain to to make to to incentivize, right? So this is this is actually something that I've you know uh, I've got. I think I'm in a very quite a unique position to 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 see uh, the macro and micro economic puzzle pieces of how to build not just Maverick forward but also the Tezos ecosystem forward. So on one hand, I'm the chief innovation officer at Tezos Israel. We're a grantee of the foundation. We do everything we can to promote Tezos, build adoption. We integrated Celsius, by the way, um, about a week or two ago to integrate. So now you could actually lend your your Tezos to Celsius. Um, it's centralized, but still, it's into you know, it's uh, it's yeah. uh, implementations for Tezos. And on the other hand, I'm building Maverick. So I've kind of got this one foot in, one foot out from the you know the institutional side of you know the the insider side of Tezos, and then also like the entrepreneurial side of Tezos. I I think that both need to happen. You know, people ask me, what about competition for Maverick? What does that do? And one, it lights a fire under my ass to perform better. That's, that's one hand. But two, I, I can I can curse lightly here, right? Just a little bit. You can say whatever the okay. fuck you want. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So uh, it lights a fire under my ass to perform better, right? You know, competi- competition breeds or, in a, you know, uh, necessity breeds innovation, essentially. But um, on the other hand, th- that liquidity is necessary. There's no, there's no two ifs and ors buts about it. Uh, USDC is, I had this out on Twitter recently, USDC is, has $42.3 billion in liquidity. It is 11 times the market cap of Tezos. And so having that liquidity come in, even just for NFTs, for DeFi, for any project that we're working on would be, would be huge because your average person doesn't necessarily want to trade in and out of crypto assets like Bitcoin or Ether Tezos. They want to trade in and out of what they're familiar with. And that's the US dollar. So I think I think that we all as much as I can say, right, that I think that Bitcoin may replace the dollar, which, you know, I may or not believe in. Right. But like if I can say that the dollar is being devalued and and all of these things and all of, you know, these arguments that all of us are making about why crypto, why crypto, why crypto. But then at the end of the day, when I explain to someone how much a Tez is worth or how much a Bitcoin is worth or how much ETH is worth, I talk about it in dollar, right? Because right. I have to pay my mortgage in U.S. dollars. I have to live my life in U.S. dollars. So it's always against that, um, you know, and I think that that's, that's just a, a huge, huge part of it. Um, on on so, your note, though, you know, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but like yeah. the, a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. And so, when, especially when it comes to Shimon Peres, uh, a former prime minister of Israel, had a great line in one of the last commercials that he did. He landed in an empty field after parachuting. I mean, it was, you know, not really real. He was like 85 at the time. But uh, they landed in an empty field with like the young jump master with him. And he says, you know, um, get up, let's go to work. We've got a lot to build here. And the kid looks at him and he's, he's like, what? There's nothing here. Like, what are we going to, what are we going to, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to build? And he goes, when there's the, well, like where there's nothing, you can build anything that you want. And so in the Tezos ecosystem really is this young burgeoning ecosystem where a rising tide raises all ships, Calibri, Yuves, Maverick, Tezfin, Flame, Alien. You know, it's, it, there's, uh, all of these projects are equally important, but having billions pour into them is just another ballgame. Yeah, 
I think I think that's that's the beauty, and I don't think people like expected it. Maybe because for most people, um, not most people, you know what? A year ago, not many of our friends knew what NFTs were, and we thought of NFTs as these cool collectible things and ideas of something that could be cool. And in the last year shit just exploded, right? Like everything blew up and, and apes exist and half of these blockchain boozes or more are about NFTs now and stuff because, you know, I may have been a nerd for it at the beginning, but there wasn't a big value there. But Tezos, what was what was beautiful about that, for, for Tezos at least, was that as people discovered NFTs, no new artists, no new noobs, collectors, anyone who wanted to participate could really participate on chain on Ethereum because unless you already had a bunch of this magical internet money, spending $50, $100 a time per transaction per for a fee was just stupid. It didn't make sense. How do you experiment with something if you can't even get off of zero, right? And so Tezos launched, you know, maybe six months ago, seven months ago, the first NFT platforms on Tezos and enabled that, right? So where I thought that actually the first users of Tezos, not the first users, but the first influx of users from outside would come in for DeFi because DeFi launched around the same time it ended up happening with NFTs. And I think that's growing faster and faster every moment. And we had, you know, Mike Shinoda on here, um, my, my I haven't, I haven't noticed. Up, uh, last week or the week before, and he did his Tezos drop and, um, and you know, people are starting to do some cool things. And I think that all of these things combined, like you said, all, all, all boats rise with the tide, right? So I think it's all really, really important. So I'd like to, you know, even take a step back beyond, um, beyond maybe Maverick too. And I know you're part of Tezos Israel, like you said before, but even just in relation to Maverick, in relation to everything, why, why build on Tezos? I, I like the analogy of where there's nothing, you can build anything, right? That's cool. But um, I mean, you can, I, I'd love to, is, is there anything really specific in the technology or, or something about the governance model or a combination of all those things that you love most about Tezos that brought you, made you decide to build on Tezos? I, I love this question because I've had this asked to me from everybody from from VCs to private investors to people in the Tezos ecosystem themselves. Um, Tezos, uh, the, the official answer essentially is, you know, there are several factors that make Tezos one of the, the, the greatest blockchains that's here to last. Um, one of them is essentially the on-chain governance. And so um, we have no hard forks. We just implemented the eighth or, or ninth perhaps, um, uh, Hangzhou. Uh, update. I can't remember numbers now. <laughs> it's actually been quite a many. Uh, I think it's the ninth, but a uh, forkless upgrade into Tezos. We have zero forks uh, yeah. in Tezos. And so when it comes to regulation, burden, securities, etc., you know, you don't have a hard fork, which is just detrimental completely to, to a layer one blockchain. I mean, can you imagine if uh, you updated your iPhone and all of a sudden you can't send a message to your friend because they chose version A of the upgrade and you chose version B and you can't send an emoji to them or even interact? With their cell phone so it's that's it's the idea of a hard fork is just so primitive to me honestly um so one you know no hard forks on on-chain governance gives us updates every three months and no hard forks that's that's a that's a, a huge 
benefit for Tezos. I'm gonna, the I'm second gonna one, say to, to Eddie and some of the others watching in the different spots, if you go to meet.blockchainbooze.io, uh, you can ask questions in the chat there, and that's where I monitor the chat. I happen to see this, so so sorry. Go go on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no worries. Another one is uh, delegated proof of stake. I mean, we are two million times more efficient than proof of work, and I understand that there's this whole big qualms of ah, proof of work is better and proof of stake is centralizing. Let's be fair. Um, or the only blockchains really to have or bigger blockchains really to have had a 51% attack have been proof of work blockchains. Proof of stake blockchains have at least Tezos, Algorand, Solana have not, I mean, Solana's had its qualms lately, but um, have not had 51% attacks where proof of work blockchains have. Proof of work was really great to get a blockchain out from genesis of all the technology of blockchain, but proof of stake really, once we kind of get over the fact that we know what this technology is and we can distribute tokens on a on at least a, a capital raise type of level because we need to continue development. Um, Two million times more efficient than than uh, than Bitcoin and Ethereum is a is a game changer. Artists don't like to, you know, uh, destroy the environment. And I know it doesn't sound like much of like, oh, you're running computers, but that electricity comes from somewhere, right? Um, proof of work burns electricity that you could be using for other things. And I'm I'm not saying that there's no value in it, but it's um, it's unnecessarily wasteful for a smart contract platform. Let's put it that way. Yeah. A recent study Kevin, from- Ke Yeah, Kevin and some of the other folks in the chat are making a point about when there's a fork of a chain that the assets exist on both forks and then who, we, which asset is the real one, which one isn't. Uh, and David Rankin made a great joke. It, it would, it would uh, suck to own twice the assets on ETH. Imagine the tax bill. <laughs> Imagine your gas, though. That's I don't, I'm not really worried about the taxes as much as long as you don't sell. But you know, imagine imagine your gas if you send it from one wallet to another. Um, well, can you but, can you just like uh, give like a printout of fees.wtf to the uh, to to the uh, you know to the IRS? Just print out fees.wtf to your wallet and send it to them. And be like, this is a deduction, right? <laughs> just see what your accountant says. I'm not even sure if they understand what gas is. We're like it's eight dollars a gallon. He goes, well, it's a hundred dollars on Ethereum. Um, but it, you know, I think I think Ethereum gas fees should have like it should have a joke that overtakes the Bitcoin. Like I lost my wallet in a boating accident. Like there should just be something. It's like, well, my one dollar transaction cost me one million dollars in in gas, so I, I really didn't profit anything. It's actually it's actually a million well, dollar seen, write off. You know, uh, I've seen this a bunch of times. There's a problem with ENS actually and MetaMask. There's like a really shitty um, user experience error, and I don't know if they fixed it yet. But I know of three or four people that sent a bunch of money to a contract that doesn't have an owner on purpose. That was like decentralized and sent out into the world for ENS, like part of the ENS system. They sent tokens to it because of a MetaMask error. One of those people, it was tens of thousands of dollars worth. That money is gone. Can they put that on their tax bill as a write-off? Like it's just lost money. They can show the transaction where they have no longer have control over it. Um, it's it's insane. I mean, good luck getting the IRS to actually understand that. But then again, like uh, yeah. God knows, better minds at, better minds at taxes are really you know thinking yeah. of mine. So um, I build. Other people take care of my taxes. That's basically the way I go. Um, can't be a jack of all trades. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a really big, especially if you want to think about, uh, security tokens and tokenized equities, uh, equity, real estate, art, et cetera. That is a huge factor. The on-chain governance and no hard forks is a huge factor for, 
for Tezos. I can't imagine owning, like imagine, you know, you had Apple stock on, on Ethereum and there's a hard fork and all of a sudden you just doubled the, 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 the circulating supply of stock. Like all the authorized shares automatically doubled unwillingly. It's just, it's mind blowing to me really. And that's another reason why Tezos is a leader for, for tokenized securities. That one specific issue. And lastly, there's a third issue. There's a third uh, massive plus for, for Tezos. Most people don't really realize this, but Tezos is built on what's called functional computing, uh, functional programming. So we can test the code before we deploy it. And uh, a lot of the bugs that you find on Ethereum and all the smart contract hacks that you're seeing, for the most part, don't happen on Tezos because of this. And so it's a more secure coding language. We don't have hard forks and we have constant rollout of updates and we're completely energy efficient. So how could, why would you not build, if you're building a banking system, which is a very long play, you know, banking is a long play, ignore crypto for a moment. Why would you not go on a chain that will last the next 20 years? Yeah. You know, the, well, the foundation sitting on $2 billion worth of funding to build the ecosystem. They're the fifth largest holder of Bitcoin. You know, it's really funny and it's totally a side note. While you were talking, my phone was going off and I've been watching and monitoring stuff. Um, I got the text that blockchain booze begins at 5 p.m. Um, half an hour too late. <laughs> so maybe I didn't do that phone update and maybe there was some kind of phone fork thing. I'm just joking. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I, I've... I, I, I love all of that. Is there anything in the smart contract? So I, I get I, you're saying that the language um, is more secure and, and, and there's some issues like that. But there is, is there anything in the contracts that make it, you know, uh, is like one thing, for example, is that delegated proof of stake a part of every smart contract? Is that something easy to bake into a new token on Tezos or something like that that makes it different? Than, than maybe Ethereum. I'm just trying to think of like from a product standpoint for me interacting with the DeFi protocol on Tezos versus getting that ENS token or whatever on, on Ethereum. What's what's the, you know. I, I love the nomenclature some of that you use there. Like, can you bake it in? And I'm thinking like, does he mean Tezos <laughs> or um, it gets confusing because uh, yeah, you know, when people start talking about vaults versus uh, on Tezos, they might call them bakeries. Or, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, no, uh, Tezfin has minteries, get, so I brought my USD Tez from a mintery. Um, it, it gets, it gets weird. I, I kind of love it, but it also gets confusing. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, you know, Tezos, it, it started in France. Uh, so Tezos happens to have a lot of, you know, baking references and rolls and baguettes or pretzels. Mm -hmm. If you kind of look at this whole, you know, ovens, there's, there's one, uh, there's one protocol that calls their vaults ovens, uh, Calibri. Yeah. And yeah. so... Uh, we, we just call them, we just call them vaults. You know, we don't, I'm not trying to confuse anybody. Um, uh, there is a way to, to, to bake that in pun intended. Uh, but essentially if you lock, uh, XTZ in a vault in order to, to borrow against it, you can actually delegate that XTZ into any, to any baker that you want. Obviously we incentivize you to, to delegate to our own bakeries. Uh, we're running two bakeries. I'll explain afterwards, but, um, oh yeah, that was also a little snippet I haven't announced yet. So. That will become a medium post, but you heard it here first. Um, so uh, we do incentivize kind of like essentially delegating to our own bakeries, uh, but the user will be able to delegate to any bakery that they want to as well. And what does that mean essentially? Since Tezos is delegated proof of stake, DPOS, um, you actually earn Tezos by delegating your Tezos. So you make roughly 5.8% a year minus some bakery fees. 
Um, but that also means that when your Tezos is in a vault, your collateral is constantly rising. So if you, you know, imagine if you just like gave someone a brick of gold to, to use as collateral for a loan, uh, the gold doesn't earn you anything. With Tezos, it does. And so that after a year, that vault will now have 5.8% more Tezos roughly. And that's something that you don't get on other chains. Ethereum, should ETH 2.0 ever actually launch, good luck. Uh, I, have, I have my qualms about ETH and I will, I will be respectful about them. But uh, should it ever actually launch, um, uh, one, it's going to be chaotic, but, but two, you still have a long way to go until that ETH is actually usable. Yeah, so, so is the idea, um, so, you know, when you hold your Tezos in a wallet, you can delegate it and you can earn that, um, you can earn your, your fees on it through a bakery. Um, and then if you, that's the beauty of baking or um, putting your, or not baking, but putting your vault doing a thing called um, what the C Tez. But it's Can you guys hear me? It went a little fuzzy for me, so I couldn't really make out the sentence. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm here now. I hear you. Okay. So, <laughs> shit. Um, so, you know, the idea of, um, you know, of, of being able to also earn interest on the test that you lock, right, is totally different than the idea of, you know, uh, actually, the only place you can really do that on Ethereum is earn interest, but then also borrow against it is the centralized platforms right now, as far as I understand. You can't really earn interest on your Ethereum that's sitting on Aave while you're borrowing against it, right? But if you do have it on Celsius and you borrow against it, you are earning something, I think. Well, it, you could you could buy, I think, like C and Y ETH. So like the token, kind of like the, the compound and yearn versions, and maybe even Aave as well, versions of ethereum so it's kind of like ethereum placed into a a vault a smart contract that's being lent out and then you're given back your you know re receipt token of that ethereum so then that now earns kind of like you know um i'm blanking on the acronym now there's so many acronyms in this entire field but um like c usdc or something or y usdc so like you, you there is a way of doing that but you really have to jump through hoops and hurdles in order to do so where with tezos it's native you know in the protocol itself yeah i think it, it can enable more and more um interesting products as well um which i think is is uh is important um i'm uh looking at some of our crew and their uh and and in the chat and, and what they have to say about it it's um it's it's really interesting. So going back to um, to to Tezos Israel and um, and uh, um, and Maverick specifically. Now, when when is the the launch? I know you've kind of said that there were a few things you said on here tonight that you haven't announced yet. So when when are the big announcements? When do you plan on launching? I know right now it's the end of the year, but would love to uh, to to hear about it. Are you there? Yeah, I, 
you know, I signed into the Remo so I could see everyone's comments and whatnot as we keep going. And then I'm, um, I've actually got like parallel sort of things going on and I'm trying oh, to yeah, you gotta mute, mute the, the second audio one. On the, uh, you got to mute the audio on the, on the other tab. That's, that's how I do it. It's probably why my connection is so crappy too, is I'm on the that one connection so I can see myself in two spots, but one of them's muted. So I could be typing in the chat and goofing around, but, um, but yeah, I wanted to know, um, the timeline of Maverick launch and some things like that. And I'll jump into uh, the QA. If anybody has any questions, throw them in the QA. Um, would love to uh, to hear about it or, or ask Alex the questions. Otherwise I can just hang with Alex and talk about whatever the heck we want. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, I just had to close that. It just was not working, you know, to do that simultaneously is I need to launch it and just and just shut the the mic in the in the in the video. So uh, Maverick launch, yeah. So we are uh, we're we're being a little quiet about the Maverick launch. Um, it, it's looking like the end of Q1, early Q2, uh, for Ooh. for the most part. I'm 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 leaving it a little bit open ended because when it comes to things like audits and development manpower, uh, thankfully in the in the most interesting side of things, you know, we just actually announced uh, a, a partnership with Collective Ventures earlier today in terms of partnering with us to, you know, for investment and running an Oracle. Um, we have some more, more partnership agreements coming up soon, but I'll let them come out in their natural uh, habitats to put a really big smile on everyone's faces. Um, so, uh, you know, money is actually really plentiful today. It's been a great environment to raise capital in. So the, the entity is, is well-funded to build Maverick uh, and we're on a hiring spree. So whether that comes to, you know, we're onboarding an, uh, an extra medium level developer now. We're in a search, actually uh, hiring out and uh, specifically an in-house UI UX guy. Uh, we have like a very multifaceted, uh, you know, team lead and CTO essentially. So um, uh, we are expanding our team at the moment in order to push that forward. So we're, we're playing with a few different things or some regulatory hurdles to overcome. Um, you know, I don't really think anyone's built something as complicated as we are building on Tezos at the moment. We've got six DEXs, wonderful, but not a lot of, you know, uh, worthy assets. And so we're making sure that we get everything right before launch rather than just launching a token and then, and then the product necessarily fully later. So our, when we launch some, one of the problems that we actually ran into when, when building was upgradable smart contracts on Tezos and they're, they, they exist on Elrond, um, we don't really have them on Tezos. And so that kind of bogged us down a tiny bit. Um, and we're, we're making great headway and pushing that through. We've kind of actually overcome most of the hurdles that we have, um, that we've had. And so uh, when we do launch though, it's not going to be, oh, well, we promise decentralization in the future. And we promise that you'll be able to stake your tokens uh, and delegate them to a satellite. And we promise that you'll be able to do X and Y and Z our entire DAO governance structure and delegating and um, and our on our on chain treasury will all be up from day one. And this is a level of 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 complicated of architectural complications that just we haven't seen on Tezos yet. And so it is it's taking us a bit longer than just saying, you know what, we're going to fork that code and and uh, change the branding and make it ours. So yeah. thankfully I've got I mean, incredible... I, think, I think that there's what's what's wonderful about Tezos is there's a few teams uh, and I think that a lot of the folks are launching a little bit more responsibly on Tezos than maybe Ethereum, but that that could be maybe in my own opinion, and I don't know if many other people share this, but a part of me feels like 
that kind of sucks in some ways. Like it's a good, it's a really, really good thing. But what it's like a bummer to me that more crazy shit isn't launching on Tezos all the time. Like the chaos, I think like from, I think that it's probably better for the long term, but in the short term, like I love the chaos. I love these new things launching. I love the stupidness of it. When you are at least aware enough to know that something like a yam launch or whatever is dumb, like, you know, it's dumb, but you're like participating to learn something new and hopefully you don't lose serious money or like you should go in assuming you're going to lose. Cause I think that out of that chaos sometimes comes really beautiful and, and exciting stuff. But I think that on Tezos, it's, it's actually a great thing. Um, the question I have for you is, would you guys be as careful as you are in launching like full decentralized and all of these things and taking, you know, many more months than maybe, uh, um, you know, you would want it to, but, but, you know, but are you doing it this way because of regulatory issues? Like you did mention that like, if, for example, the government was like, yeah, DAOs are rad and crypto is awesome and everyone should innovate, would you would you be launching sooner? Um, I mean, look, the the regu- I sat down with the re- with one of the regulators where the software development company building Maverick is 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 domiciled, um, and you know it was really great because I actually got to sit down and, and have a one on one chat with him, have several coffees, which is something you can't do in the United States. Uh, it, you know, I would, I wouldn't say yes and no, because I think this is also my personal, uh, my, my, pers- my, my personalities is, is really more to under promise and over deliver. And mm-hmm. so that's why I kind of enjoy being a little bit more vague is because I can't give you a, a pinpoint date or I can't give you a certain detail. When I can tell you a detail, I will, I will be upfront and as openly transparent about it yeah. as possible, but I'm not going to over embellish and be like, you know what? We're launching in the next five days and you have to get in now and it's the end of the line. No, that's not what I was hoping for or wanting. What I, like, I, I know the government is never going to just be like, DAOs are cool, bro. Like, let's do this um, because sure. it, it, it's circumventing their control. Right. But what I'm what I'm uh, what constantly bothers me, like really sucks about the space. Um, being an American, right, and and you're based in Israel, their their legislation is a little different, and and there's also different jurisdictions in and around and in between, and where team members are and where you might launch and things like that. Fine. But what I'm saying is that like um, we don't always get to do things exactly the way we want to do them because there's this like you know dark cloud above us going like like waiting to slap your hand when you reach for something, right? Because because you just know that that's not the way it, it might be. The, the thing is, I don't think any of this stuff is illegal. What I think is that this stuff, there's there's nobody making it clear that it's legal and that freaks everyone the fuck out, right? Like that's what bothers people and that's why lawyers are, are you know, um, in demand. I... I agree and I disagree. I don't think our laws are even capable of understanding what we're doing here. Uh, and especially, especially when it comes to, I mean, like the, the, the Congress and what Elizabeth Warren said earlier this week. But um, when, when we sat down and spoke to the regulators, you know, their laws are focused around crypto funds and investments and not around DAOs. So we were actually like one point off of becoming a regulated entity. And that was simply, you know, KYC. That was the last factor for us of, of how to become a regulated entity for Maverick uh, mm-hmm. as a DAO even, but, but KYC. And obviously, you know, decentralized ID is not ready yet. 
So uh, that's not even something that we can implement now if they, if they force us to. Um, and so the, you know, we, ha we used horses for a really long time to get around. And then, then came the automobile. And the laws, I mean, I'm assuming whatever laws we had for horses in terms of like, you know, can you gallop on the left or right side of the street, for example, God knows. There wasn't really a street, it was just a path really. But, um, you know, the laws governing uh, automobiles didn't come before the automobiles were on the road for a while. And we had this period where like, there were horses and cars and we have got, we've got video of this even which is remarkable, but there are horses and cars on the same road. And how do you get by? Like, do you have to tie your like Ford Model T to where the horses go? Like, where do you park your your buggy next to the horse? Like, do you put it next to the trough of water? Do, do, like, you know, there was this moment of overlapping chaos, I guess. And that, that's the moment that we're in now. And I, you know, uh, uh, Caitlin Long is working on crypto regulation in Wyoming for DAOs. It, there's nothing inherently illegal. And that, let's, let's, let's be a little bit frank here. Um, we're giving power back to the people where the banks and the institutions are, are, are really the evil people here. At a, at a crypto conference in Gibraltar, someone asked me, you know, what about consumer protections? We need the government to protect people. And it's like, we need the government to piss the fuck off is really what we need them to do. For the, hold on, for the most part, for yeah. the most part, I, I will say regulation will be a good thing you know, for crypto. But you know, when, a, when we implement these KYC and AML properties in, which have a failure rate of 99.99% uh, failure rate, the banks are the ones doing the majority of crypto laundering, uh, sorry, of uh, money laundering for cartels anyways. And every year, Wells Fargo and HSBC and, and Chase are being fined billions upon billions of dollars, even though they're spending $50 billion a year on KYC and AML. And then we have the United States government leaving 50, $20 billion with the weapons in the Taliban's hands. You're worried about my $500 NFT purchase of a JPEG? Really? It's, it's absolutely bonkers. We know that. But that's, that's the thing is, oh, it just so happens the head of the Investor Protections Committee gets 90 some percent of his donations to his campaigns from the financial institutions that he's protecting consumers from. It like, it's like, wait, what? Huh? This doesn't make sense. But it's just the, the, the crazy, weird ass reality of, of this system. And the hypocrisy is, is, is the worst part, right? Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. It's right. Wait, Adele just had the best. Adele just had the best comment in the world. He said, "Is it a JPEG of a nuke?" <laughs> I don't know. Be careful, Adele. I, how dare you? Um, that was really funny, though. Um, I, I don't want Israel taking down Tezos, please. Like you know, like or Algorand or Solana or any NFTs. So the whole nuke JPEG that was, thing. That was, that was one of the best comments. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, so we've we've only got a couple minutes left. Actually, let me. We got like ten minutes what? left before we jump into um, tables and chat with the community. If you're uh, online and you want to, so I'll throw up. Uh, See, the two windows totally trips me up. I'm looking at the wrong side. I know. I'm um, trying to find a way to turn this off. Go to meet.blockchainboost.io if you uh, want to ask a question. Throw any questions in the QA and everybody who's watching if you have questions for uh, Alex. By the way, the fact that you put your Twitter address on there and it says Davis Alex D. I keep wanting to call you Davis because my like auto, my brain just goes straight to that even though we've met about 100 times now. I'm a product um, of my upbringing, but, but you know, what's funny though, is that I think we're always drinking every time we see each other, which maybe it should be concerning, but I'm not no, sure we've had a sober most time. Of our Zoom, 
most of our daily Zoom meetings, I'm not drinking, but it is nighttime for you because I'm here and you're there, so you might be. Um, Wait, you're not drinking on those Zoom meetings? No, I'm not. They're usually around oh. like 10 a.m. my time. I'm not a uh, full-on degen. I'm sorry. I can throw on my. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just. The rest of the no, meeting. I was. I was just like turning my face. Like, oh, I thought that was a thing we were doing in those day meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I see the the chat. Uh, everyone's cheersing on the chat. Um, don't use your anything, guys. I can't read this chat out loud, or else uh, Jim's going to get us all in trouble. Um, uh, so let's see. Um, uh, you can yeah, bring some so people in here. I mean, I'm... Here's a good question about um, you know Tezos is super active in the the AML space and 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 all that. I mean, in the NFT space. I'm not sure how this connects um, to, to NFTs or just blockchain and crypto in general, but how do you think um, about AML um, and just, I guess, not AML specifically, but I think what she's meaning is kind of verif ID verification and KYC and AML and that kind of stuff on chain moving forward in 2022. I know you're very forward thinking about that. Um, you know, some other I, people are totally against it, but I'm... I actually had this uh, uh, this um, this talk with some investors earlier tonight, uh, right before this 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 call. Um, I don't think 2022 will necessarily bring in the regulation to to force DeFi platforms. You know, at the end of the day, there's always a software development company behind a DeFi platform, um, in one way or another. There's a foundation. There's a software development. There's a fund. There's something. And they're gonna, the government's going to find a way to do what it wants. It's, that's just the way government is at the end of the day. Um, I do think that decentralized ID is a good idea for implementing um, regulatory purposes. We still have to play within the laws. I have absolutely zero plans to go to jail for breaking any U.S. government or European government law or any law, I guess, in a sense. But um, we will have to implement these things when the government's forces to. So... Um, I, I think that DID will become a thing down the line. I don't think it'll be 2022. I still think we have some time until they can get their their, their grips together and understand what everything is. Um, the U.S. government is notoriously slow with this. And yeah. so uh, it'll, it'll happen. It'll come at some point. I don't think it'll stay this. I, I think we can still have decentralization while also still having um, well, uh, a form of regulation. I think, though, that the the on-ramps and off-ramps are more than regulated enough and the kyc processes and things that they have i think it's been clear from uh from law enforcement that's participated in our events and enforcement agents who've participated in our events both pre-covid and since covid we've had multiple um uh agents for actual law enforcement agencies around the world participate in our events and tell us they would rather every single time Every time they would rather the criminals that they're investigating be transacting in crypto over fiat every time. Right. And the on ramps and the off ramps yeah. have KYC and that's where they put money into the real world. And that's how they do it. Not, you know, there is uh, there is um, sort of uh, there's definitely uh, what's it called? Right. Like OTC um, uh, crypto deals. But like a drug cartel that that needs billions of dollars and the people doing the most damage to the world and really hurting the most are using banks to do this stuff. And yeah. the, the thing is, they would much rather it be done in crypto every single time. 
And so I think that already the on-ramps and off-ramps are regulated probably more than enough for, for it. And all of the on-chain stuff is, 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 it's going to be whether they like it or not. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. Uh, I, I, I never really thought about it necessarily in that way. Um, but that it is the, the on and off ramps are, are KYC and regulated. There will always be OTC trades. And as you said, you know, yeah, we're some drug cartel going to get a billion dollars of cash overnight. But, um, I, I, I honestly, I feel bad for the people in the field who have to track these things. Crypto definitely makes it a hundred times easier to track these. Uh, a guy I know is the CEO of a company that, that tracks Bitcoin little crypto transactions from terrorist groups. Um, the Israeli government basically seized, I think like 50 wallets on a centralized exchange that belong to Hamas. Um, it's way easier to track crypto transactions than banking yeah. transactions. That's for sure. But I really do feel bad for the people in the field who have to deal with BS regulatory laws that that they're just harming everyday citizens. For well, me, really, I want to give power innovating. back to people. Yeah, they're stopping exactly. People from innovating. They're stopping people from creating jobs. The number one category for new job creation in the United States is startups and small businesses. Every single time they stop a new startup or small business from being started because they're afraid of crypto regulation, they're stopping the number one source of new jobs in a country in the world right now is 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 completely fucked, right? There's so many people that have been displaced in the last two years because of all the craziness going on. And it's it's absolutely nuts that the government would do anything that would slow down the number one creator of new jobs yeah. in in our I, I think it's, I'm assuming beyond that too. I mean, alone, you guys run a fund. So when it, when it comes to investing in blockchain startups, how many, uh, I'm not talking about the operations on the ground in the United States, but like how many of those companies are actually domiciled in the United States and not somewhere else and then run the whole legal hoopla that all of us are doing in order to, Dude. you know, just be able to operate regularly. I remember in 2016, 17, I was getting the first job I ever got at a fund. Before that, I had my own startups and things like that. But all of my startups had to do with online fundraising and fintech. And so, like, I understood the technology. I sort of thought I understood the finance side of things. But then I started meeting people who were like, we're creating a crypto fund. But we're based in the United States. We're going to have a feeder fund in in, uh Gibraltar and a this thing in um, in Malta and a this thing in the Cayman Islands, but we're going to be here. And I'm like, can you just like create a California company? And they like laughed at me like, no, no way. That's what are you an idiot? Like that's how they looked at me, and I didn't get it. And even when we started DGH, I created a it's a California based, a US based company when we first did uh, DGH because it was Gorin Home Ventures. It was just our conferences and things we did. And and we keep getting pressure from everyone around us. There's been deals we weren't allowed to participate because we're based in the United States and the other countries won't allow us. And every day I, I tell people this all the time and I try to like make it clear to US people that like, one, I'm born and raised in California. I love California. I'm going to be here probably my whole entire life. I want to raise my kids here. I want to be here, right? But at the same time, my whole life, I'm a punk rocker. Everybody's like, man, if that person's elected, I'm moving to Canada. If that person is elected, I'm going to Europe. If this thing happens, I'm leaving the country. But nobody ever actually left, right? Like, you. But in crypto, in this day and age, with the way technology is and the world being so 
borderless and small in terms of being able to communicate with our friends and family. And we can like you and I have had way more hangout sessions on Zoom and over this than than we would have any other time in history. Right. If we met yeah. each other five years earlier, we'd see we would have seen each other three times in the last five years. Right. So because actually one time because I've only been to Israel once. I think you've come out here, though. So anyway, like there's that. So but. It's the, funny you say that because we're actually, me and my family, um, are because of crypto regulation and taxation and all this like legal hoopla of like, even if we wanted to pay 50% tax in Israel, the banks don't want to accept any of our money from crypto. So we're, it looks like we're moving to Dubai. Uh, my father's on the line here. So now that I just profess that to the world rather than friends and family, um, he's watching this. Uh, so um yeah, I mean, we're, for this exact reason, I know a bunch of people that moved to Puerto Rico. I know yeah. a bunch of people that moved to Dubai. CZ just moved to Dubai. Joseph just moved to Dubai. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's what's crazy. That's what I was going to get at is I the thing I do the most is have people pitch us. Right. So I talk to I hang out with our portfolio companies. I hang out with our investors and I chase investors because because people who have funds have to also fundraise, too. It's it's part of the job. And, I, and then I meet awesome people creating startups all day long. And I only get to work with one out of 20 of them, right? Like if, if I'm lucky and I am meet Americans every single day, dudes with Midwestern accents. And I go like, Oh, where are you expecting them to tell me they're somewhere in the Midwest or somebody with like a Texas accent or whatever, expecting them to tell me where they are. And they're like, Oh, I'm in Singapore. Oh, I'm in Thailand. Oh, I'm in uh, Switzerland. And it's the first time I've ever been a part of an industry where literally like more than half the people I talk to, I, okay, I should, I should preface this. One, more than half the people I talk to are not American, <laughs> but more than half of the Americans I talk to are not in the United States, right? It's, a, it's you know, and I, and I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with California. I joked in the chat, I said, I'll sync with California, which by the way, check out that song. It's one of my favorite songs um, uh, uh, by a band called Youth Brigade. Um, but if I didn't have kids, I don't know if I'd still be here. And, and it's for me, actually, I'm, I'm scared. I care less, about, I care less about the taxes and stuff like that. Cause I'm a weirdo. I care more about the, uh, uh, about just the fact like that, that, the cities are not as nice anymore. They like none of the politicians who say they're going to be helping the number one problems in California, Southern California, Northern California, homelessness. And those problems have gotten significantly worse in the last 10 years, like significantly worse. And so it's just, it's just ugly. Now nah, that the, uh, somebody said earthquakes, that earthquakes don't scare me, but I was born and raised here. So that that's just there are earthquakes thing. in California. I thought we just got like little back massages every now and then the news reported something. Yeah, no, every once in a while, there's a real one. <laughs> I mean, the last like real one was what, 94, like the Northridge? Yeah, I grew yeah. up in LA also, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, yeah. so, so okay, we, we need to finish up so that we can jump into the chat. <laughs> they make waves. Um, uh, you know, so we need to uh, close this off so we can jump into tables with everyone who wants to continue to hang out. And, um, you know... I'm going to, uh, why don't we just uh, round it out by you telling us uh, where to follow you, where to follow Maverick, and then whoever wants, you'll be able to turn on your camera, turn on your mic and join us at the tables and we can have some fun. But Alex, where do we follow you? 
Um, okay, so obviously, you know, my 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 personal Twitter handle is actually in the uh, right here. If yeah. You can, oh, that's the wrong finger. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> okay, so it's right there. You can follow me on Twitter. It's got a link over to Maverick Finance. We're on Twitter as well. I think it's Maverick underscore Finance, but. Uh, we intentionally had to misspell Maverick because every URL on the internet is taken. So it is M-A-V-R-Y-K, Maverick Finance. It means to be a person who doesn't go along with the crowd, be an independent thinker. Um, you should also join, if you, if you find our Twitter, you should join our Discord. Uh, the community is a little bit more engaging there than they are in Telegram. We have, we're, we're not looking for like a community that goes when moon. We're looking for a community that actually wants to discuss governance proposals and building out a digital bank of the future. So uh, please join our Discord. There's about 940 people there so far. We're kind of kicking ass on that in the, in the Tezos DeFi realm of Discord members. And uh, we're actually about to do an NFT drop for the early crypto, um, uh, the, the early people who joined our Discord uh, for, to get the OG space travel traveler role. So that'll so be- I gotta, I gotta jump in. I hate, I hate, discord so freaking uh uh much lately even though like i although my nephew uh uh at dinner on friday night last friday night um took my phone from me and set all the settings to make me stop getting so much spam so i'm gonna try um, there is and, there is but it's yeah. so organized it's yeah that's so, what i'm hoping love it. i was getting I love too it. much spam i was getting too much spam so he he's helping me we'll see i'll jump into your discord i hope i get there in time to get the nft that sounds awesome and um got everyone who's watching um merry christmas happy new year happy hanukkah happy merry holidays christmas, everyone um wait is there gonna be there i guess there will be one more between now and new year's right so um well, I think I'll, we'll figure that out because uh, we're 91 weeks straight. I don't think we can we can make this uh, not happen. So so if I don't uh, see you before, then everyone, happy Hanukkah, happy New Year. Um, well, happy late Hanukkah, happy New Year and, and Merry Christmas. And um, guys, thank you so much for such a uh, amazing uh, year. If, if you miss next week because of uh, holidays and family and everything. And Alex, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's now 4 a.m. in Israel. You are a rock star. Um, uh, feel free to join us at the tables, but if you need to go to I, sleep, I uh, understand also. We'll, we'll see you know, soon. I mean, alone, uh, alone and everyone at DGH, Joseph, I can't wait to see you both again. Um, uh, thank you so much for having me here. We've got a lot to do together. Um, I'm trying to log into the channels thing, so I will join you. I live, breathe, and sweat and bleed Tezos. So uh, I will be joining you in that chat till sunrise. And um, I just need to be able to log in because I closed it and then it kind of- Yeah, just go to right meet.blockchainboost.io. All right, I'm ending the broadcast. Perfect. I'll see you guys at the tables.